0: Good morning, Dale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the Fruited Plains from Z to Sharning Sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke through here on another magical, mindful Monday morning for Torch Port 487, Waking Up to the Great Disconnect. <laughs> Friends, today we'll be digging in pretty deep here. I want to kind of work toward an understanding of our root problems and then better yet what we can actually do about it. So, being that it is a mindful Monday, I'm not going to talk about the political circus today. I'm not going to talk about Joe Biden getting charged with, you know, genocide <laughs> because of his support of, of, Israel, of the Israeli, uh, you know, genocide of Hamas and all that crap. Uh, I don't want to talk about the kamikaze drones or the nuclear stuff. I don't want to talk about it. Instead, I'd like to uh, wade back into the deeper issues that we were kind of dabbling in and discussing last week, and then and then tease out some thoughtful, thought-provoking solutions. So how does that sound? Grab a cup of coffee, friends. We're going to jump right in. If it were possible to sum up the plights of humanity in a single sentence, I would suggest that a lack of connection is the central permeating issue. That is a single sentence. If it were possible to sum up the plight of humanity in a single sentence, I would suggest that a lack of connection is the central permeating issue. There is the lack of connection with reality. There is the lack of connection with the political process. There is uh, the lack of connection within our communities. There's the lack of connection within ourselves. And in every area, this lack of connection gives rise to the illusions and misperceptions that are fueling the perpetual conflict and the escalating chaos that is it, you know, currently engulfing the whole of humanity? So I just want to pause for a second to say that even within these generalities, life is still fundamentally good. Let's not lose sight of that. The glass is still half full. Let's not lose sight of that. Humanity is in fact burgeoning with potential solutions to every conceivable problem because we are inherently a problem-solving species. Now, it's true that as human beings, you know, we have a certain proclivity for creating our own problems. No no doubt, part of the mess we're in is, is self-inflicted. Uh, we often conjure problems out of thin air, and this is at the personal and the societal level. It's also true that many of our current real-world problems have been inherited, uh, inherited due to poor decisions from the past. Uh, some of our current problems are simply manifestations of the messiness of humanity. Others have kind of sprung up all of a sudden out of the alchemy of unfolding and unforeseen sor- circumstances, like the AI and all that. And yet all of these problems have a common theme. There is a great disconnect going on here. And... I don't think it's necessary, uh, really. Without dissecting the virtually infinite ways in which all of this is playing out, you know, you could you could take any given issue, throw them all on the table, dissect any given one of them, and and practically speaking, you I think I believe that we can identify a lack of connection as the central issue in any given issue, and so I think that if the lack of connection is the central issue, then we find the cornerstone for effective problem solving. Again, the problem could be, you know, the lack of connection with reality. It could be the lack of connection within the community. It could be the lack of connection within ourselves. But each of these connections can, in fact, be rebuilt. And they must, in fact, be rebuilt if we intend to solve any of our myriad problems. So I want to I try to give you a few practical examples that kind of, you know, ground this in reality a little bit not just philosophical fluff here, friends. Uh, the first practical example of what I'm talking about was, you know, like last week, I was discussing the need for us to stand together and fight alongside people we disagree with. You know, unless liberals and conservatives and Democrats and Republicans and atheists and Christians, etc., unless we're able to unite, even though we disagree, unless we can come together to fight against our common enemies, then, you know, the common enemies of our time, namely like the... the the corrupt two-party establishment, those who are actively working to divide and conquer us all, the secret global cabal and all that, if we fail to come together, then we will fail to form a sufficient enough opposition and thus we will inevitably succumb to their evil centralizing schemes. Does that make sense? The central issue here is the lack of connection between these diversely different groups which is, you know, simultaneously to be expected. It's, it's understandable, but it's also equally being exploited. This, this uh, lack of connection between groups, part of it is because they're driving a wedge between these different groups. Now, the second example, practically speaking, in a different vein... If you if you consider the the skyrocketing mental health issues that are plaguing our nation right now, I mean we've covered this Torchport three forty four, the destruction of happiness, Torchport three forty five, dissecting the mental health crisis. There are many converging factors that are fueling the mental health crisis. Uh, not the least of which, of course is the delicate task of developing dissatisfaction, uh, which is a tool of psychological warfare. That's a direct quote. Uh, we were originally discussing this delicate task of developing dissatisfaction back at uh, Torch 333, Frank Church and the Family Jewels. And the Family Jewels, of course, are CIA documents associated with uh, this sort of psychological warfare. In other words, friends, the mental health crisis that we're facing is not by accident but once again the central issue can be distilled down to a lack of connection specifically in this case it's the lack of connection with reality that's fueling the mental mayhem if you will now the third example i want to throw out on the table here for you to chew on is that you know, consider the great malaise, the great meh mentality, eh, whatever, what's the point, you know what I mean? And this this malaise seems to be steadily creeping into our communities. People seem to be more dispassionate, more demoralized, more distant than ever before. I'm sure you've witnessed this, you know, people walking around, shuffling, you know, not making eye contact. There's just this kind of just, just the dullness within the community, uh, within communities all across the fruited plains. People are are suffering somehow. It, it kind of seems that it feeds into apathy, it feeds into complacency. And I believe this is being driven by some of the fam- same factors that's driving the mental health crises. But I think there's more than that to it, right? There, there is a subtle distinction here that is not to be missed, friends. As, as spiritual creatures, we need a sense of purpose. I think people are lacking a sense of purpose. We need wonder and magic and some sort of compelling reason to give a damn about our lives. And I think people are lacking that sense of wonder and magic and reason to give a damn about life itself. So th- underneath this issue we find a lack of connection as well. And in this case, it seems that more and more people are losing touch with their wild and mysterious souls. Friends, I believe driving the disconnect in each of these three examples, it's a little bit different in each, but driving the disconnect in each of the examples is the overwhelming inundation of the addictive stimulating technologies and the information overload that comes with it. So to put it more bluntly, uh, as powerful as matter, modern technology has become, it is the it is the tool that's breaking people's brains, and I don't think that that's by accident. I do believe personally that there is a small group of powerful people who understand that this technology is breaking people's brains, and they are using it to their own advantage. People simply cannot keep up. They can't resist the add- addictive stimulation of the screen. Uh, they can't. They can't process, the amount of information that's just pouring in at all uh, at all points in time, really saturating the mind, and then, you know, uh, almost, you know, forcefully imposing patterns of language and propaganda into the subconscious mind of the process. But that's, I don't want to get into all that today. Uh, as I've said many times, if you've been with me, you've heard me say, you know, the ultimate solution to political chaos is an elevation of spiritual awareness. And if you think about it, Politics is a game of labels, is it not? You know, psychological conditioning attaches emotions to these various labels, liberal, conservative, whatever. And as a result, politicians can push some, you know, a few buttons here, a few buttons there, beep, beep, beep. And all of a sudden, you know, they're able to evoke predictable patterns of behavior, outrage, frustration, you know, ah, what's going on? And it's like a puppeteer pulling the strings to yank our minds this way and that. And here too, I would suggest to you that the root of the problem is a lack of connection. It is precisely the disconnect between mental and spiritual awareness that allows this manipulation to go on unnoticed. Does that make sense? Uh, Once there's awareness of how this process works and how the, the buttons are being pushed, then all of a sudden we can defend ourselves. One can defend the mind and marshal mental awareness for the purpose of mental defense. But without that awareness, it's just happening. People are being manipulated and exploited. They have no idea how, uh, how, how much is happening, how often it's happening, all the damn time, really. But uh, again, you know, if you've been with me for a while, you've heard me say, you know, you either use the mind or the mind uses you. You know, these are, these are, uh, life lessons that life, you know, from the PhD from the school of hard knocks, you know, uh, prior to the pandemic, these were the kind of things that I was fascinated by, studied, uh, what is this, what is this subconscious inertia? What are, what are these mental patterns? Uh, how do I, how do I transcend that and all of that kind of stuff? How do I, how do I get... A hold of my mind and use it like a tool as opposed to my mind using me for self-gratification, for ego gratification and all that stuff. So, you know, our minds, we either use our minds or our minds use us. That's where I'm coming from on that. But our minds are all at once a profoundly powerful tool as well as... Uh, our minds are an unruly beast. So we have, you know, at the same time, this most most profound tool, the tool of the mind, and then at the same time, this unruly beast of our own minds. And the only way that we can use this tool and tame this beast is through the elevation of spiritual awareness. Now, uh, you, you may choose to call it inner awareness, if you, if you happen to be a spiritually averse individual, and that's okay. It's an inner awareness. Uh, practically speaking, we are not our body and we are not our mind. Uh, this is where the spiritual aspect of our humanity comes into play. You know, we can observe and control our body. We can observe and control our mind. How? Well, spiritual awareness or inner awareness, okay? Now, here's the thing that everybody needs to know right i you know really think about this is the fact that other people can observe and control our bodies and minds as well and that's what's happening happening right now they're tampering with humanity at scale using the weaponized ai uh, algorithmic social interventions etc cetera, etc cetera. so the question becomes what's the solution to this great manipulation this great disconnect Friends, the solution, I believe, is to rebuild and strengthen the connection between mind, body, and soul. Not only is this possible to build this connection between mind, body, and soul, to bolster it, uh, it, it's Ultimately, an ancient science, all the wisdom traditions have passed down this science. And, of course, you know, the, the science of of integrating mind, body, and soul, and all of that kind of stuff, it takes one on a fascinating and thrilling journey of self-discovery that ultimately exceeds the scope of this report. So, for simplicity's sake today, let's just say that this, this is rebuilding our connection with ourselves. Step number 1 to what's the solution is rebuilding our connection with ourselves to elevate our own inner awareness. When we rebuild this connection, it increases our mental resilience to psychological attacks. It makes us less vulnerable to emotional or political manipulation. It it elevate elevating our inner awareness. Friends, ultimately it expands this set of possible solutions for any particular problem, from the personal level to the societal level. When we elevate our inner awareness, we become aware of more solutions. We're we're more uh, tapped into our own inspiration and intuitive, intelligent solutions. So to expand on the possible set of solutions, we must elevate the awareness. The, The benefits of this wisdom are, in fact, inexhaustible. Now, turning our attention to societal woes specifically, particularly the the political circus and the conundrum that currently besets us, rebuilding connections within our local communities and circles of influence is really a strategic starting point for political impact. So, and how do we you know, go about building connections, and it it's best done when we have uh, kind of built that interconnection with ourselves. And then we go out into the community, we become active, engaged, and network and all that kind of stuff. And within our local communities, as we build out our network and our circles of influence, we can begin to have uh, a, a greater impact, a greater influence, right? We can, we can bring people together, say just for like a barbecue or a weekly walk or a book club or whatever you get people together and that helps to knit the social fabric and it 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 also provides the medium through which fresh ideas can be introduced and transmitted so if we think about it through memology uh, um, you know viral memetics and all that we have to get people together to spread the ideas. We have to do this in order to balance out the technological advantage, uh, uh, the tech addiction, the screens, you know, the propagandists, those who are, uh, who are waging psychological warfare against humanity, they're doing it through technology. The way that we can balance that out is to be very intentional in creating uh, connections in our local community. You know, to, to kind of put it differently, friends, Direct human interaction facilitates political and societal change. So the technology that's being used to facilitate political and societal change can only be overcome through this intentionally facilitated direct human interaction. And the truth is, you know, in order to initiate and engage in this process, we must reconnect with the reality that most people are good. We must let go of the labels. We must reject the conditioned reactions and step out of our comfort zone to connect with people who we perceive as being different. And it may feel excruciating at first, and I know many, 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 many many people won't even do it. They'll never step out of their comfort zone and strike up a conversation with a perfect stranger or go, you know, go to some club or some group that's meeting, maybe it's listed in the newspaper or a local blog or whatever, but they're not going to do it. Why? Well, because these people are weird, they're different, you know? I don't know. It may feel excruciating for those who do take that step, but I assure you it's well worth the effort. And now, just to... Uh, Pause for a second to address those who may scoff and mock me as a pacifist for saying all this <laughs> and you know who you are, and I know who you are, and we'll talk about it later. But for anyone who thinks that this is just Kumbaya, you know, for anyone who, who's ready to grab their torch and pitchfork and storm the castle, consider this: you're going to need some backup, right? I mean at least you're going to want some backup. you know if if hypothetically speaking you are one who envisions some sort of conservative crusade that that somehow intends to purge America of atheists and liberals and commie progressive hacks, then, you know, you must face the fact that you're heavily outnumbered. Okay? Heavily outnumbered. Not... Not... Uh, not in the territorial, not territorially speaking, but as far as pure population, pure numbers, there are many, many, many more people living in the big liberal cities that have these other ideas and beliefs about things, okay? And it would be wise to realize that many of the atheists and liberals living in the great glistening blue cities, they still love and value the principles of liberty. This is what I was talking about last week. And therefore, they are our allies in the fight against the commie progressive hacks who have been indoctrinated into the global collectivist cult. So yes, there is an enemy factor here, friends, but it would be wise to realize that even those who are operating under the delusions of the cult collective, they're still human. And that means that many of them can be saved, they can be uh, woke up, but that's not going to happen unless we can reach out and touch their heart. So you know, things have become so crazy, so quickly there are are there are more people waking up now than ever before, and that means that we're standing at the door of opportunity, facing an immense challenge, an immense challenge. But we are better positioned now than any prior generation to bring people together using many of these same exact tools and tactics and strategies that are currently being used against us. The enemy understands human nature. And if we understand human nature, it it behooves us to understand human nature. We can use these tools to build these connections. Friends, we must understand that we are in a war of ideas. Ideas, that the battles being fought are are battles for influence. Those who would capture the minds of humanity in order to consolidate global power and control, to forcefully impose the great inescapable socialist surveillance state, and to convince the masses to sacrifice themselves and others for the sake of future Earth, They're, they're the enemies of all of us, regardless of our labels, regardless of our personal differences. The enemy is organized. The enemy is powerful, and momentum is in their favor. But they are few, and we are many. So long as we rebuild the connections that bind us together, not just as Americans, but as human beings who are born to be free. The issues that we face today are rooted in the great disconnect between what is, what was, and the way that we think things should be. And if we connect these dots, then solutions abound, and that which is sought is suddenly found. The truth is that we are already free. We just need to remind humanity, and that begins by building connections, friends. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to go to the website, thetortureport.com. Find the heart, click the heart, give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with someone. Share it with anyone. Share it with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this magical, mindful Monday morning. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.